another week of Health Unscripted with Dr. D. My name is Dr. Ashley Dwyer. This is going to be a solo episode. I know we've been having some guests on the podcast the last couple of weeks, but this time it's just me. And we're going to be going over a really important topic. We're going to be talking about intuitive eating. And to be honest, it's going to be a very, I mean, just like the podcast says, it's going to be a very unfiltered episode. So I'm going to talk about what intuitive eating is. Uh, the principles to it, because I think there's the trendy intuitive eating language that people are using. And then I think there's the actual definition of what intuitive eating is and like what it entails. And then I'm going to give my opinion on it, you know, emphasis on opinion and why I think it works or what doesn't work and things like that and how to actually get there. So intuitive eating is, and I have stuff pulled up so that I don't forget like the 10 principles and stuff like that. Intuitive eating was created by two dietitians in 19, 1995, uh, Evelyn Tribole, I can't do these names, and Elise Resch. This is, you know, if I butcher these, that's fine. You guys know me. I probably did butcher the names, but um, it was created in 1995 by two dietitians, and it is more of a framework of an eating lifestyle that gets rid of, like, the diet culture, right? It, it works on... Um, tuning into your body more so that you can understand the cues, the sensations. It works with mental and physical health and just kind of allows you to remove whatever is in the way of becoming in tune with your body and what it needs. So obviously I love this. Like I want people to be very self-aware. I want you to tune into your body. I want you to understand your hunger cues and what it feels like to be full, what it feels like to be somewhat hungry versus actually hungry versus ravenous and kind of like respect and honor those, those cues. And because let's, let's be real, like the diet mentality and diet, there's a difference between diet culture and then like weight loss. First of all, I'm going to explain that in a little bit, but diet culture is not great where it's like, you're shamed on everything that you do. And I mean, now I think we've taken such a radical turn in today's world with diet shaming and, and fit and fit shaming and fat shaming and thin shaming. And I think everybody is coming, is, is being attacked at this moment. Now we have like the, the body positivity movement, but now it's almost like, you know, even, even as like a fit gym person, I feel like I'm getting shamed sometimes online by what I post. And, you know, you look like a man, you're too skinny, you're anorexic, you're like, it comes from every angle, right? So it's not great. We don't like it. Don't love it for anyone. We need to get rid of that a hundred percent. Um, so I love the fact that it's, it's making you take a step back, really reassess your health at a general level and kind of adopting a new mindset around food. Um, what I don't think people realize is they don't really understand that definition of intuitive eating. They don't really understand that there are principles to abide by with intuitive eating. I think people just ensue, like, you know, assume intuitive eating means you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, when you feel hungry and when you feel full. Like, I think that's what most people grasp as the concept is you eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. And you can have little bits of things and be able to just eat freely with no regulation at all. That's not completely true. Okay. So we're going to dive into all of that in this episode. And at the end, I'm going to give my opinion about it. Um, I do think, and you know, I've already spoken about this on social media. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am in an intuitive eating content block right now, which is why we're doing a podcast episode on this. I am going over the principles on my stories every day. 
So this is going to be a more sped up version. And I'm just kind of going to give you the principles. We're not going to dive in as deep as I am on my stories. So if you want to hear about that, this podcast will be released on August 17th, which will be day three of the principles that I'm going over. So principle number three, you'll start with when you hear this episode. Uh, so let's dive into the principles now, and then we'll get into like the nitty gritty of intuitive eating. So the principles stand for, you know, what, what you should, what you should stand for if you are going to try and do intuitive eating, or if you are going to be an intuitive eater. Okay. Number one is to reject the diet mentality. All right. Number one says throw out anything that offers you false hope of like losing weight at a super quick speed, quick weight loss, fad diets, anything that says that you're a failure because you couldn't lose weight. And then give up the idea that there is going to be some magic cure around the corner that's going to help you with your weight loss. That is number one. I agree with number one on any level, whether you're intuitive eating or whether you're not. Um, I don't think that fad diets work. I don't love quick weight loss at all. We promote this constantly. And I don't think you should be constantly worried about like a new thing popping out for weight loss because there is no cure. There is no magic pill. There is no magic solution. And principle number two is honor your hunger. So you want to keep your body fed and you want it to be satisfied, right? So we have our clients eat every three hours too for this purpose, because when you're honoring your hunger cues and you're feeling that, that sensation of hunger, you want to reach for a snack. You want to get a meal. You don't want to make yourself feel ravenous because then all, you know, logical thought goes out the window and you'll grab whatever's in front of you. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to get hangry. So make sure you honor your hunger, right? Number three, make peace with food. Stop. It, it says, call a truce. Stop the food fight. Yes, I am reading these because there's, I don't know the 10 by the top of my head. <laughs> so this is saying to not tell yourself you can't or you shouldn't have a particular food because obviously it will lead to deprivation and feelings of deprivation and you'll get all these cravings and you'll want it more. I agree with this too, where you don't want to completely tell yourself you can't have things and restrict, 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 because that only causes you to binge. So having things in moderation is a hundred percent key. I agree. I'm probably going to agree with all of these, which might shock you guys because we track macros, but we'll get into that. Number four, challenge the food police. So if you're in your head telling yourself that you're good or bad because you ate a cookie or, you know, and any type of policing that you're doing in your head and in your psyche, any thoughts of shame, guilt, all of that, get rid of it. So there is no like, you know, I'm, um, I'm superior or I'm elite because I ate a salad and then I'm a piece of crap because I ate the cake after the salad. There is none of that. We want to get rid of the shameful behaviors because that again, only leads us into a deeper cycle and a deeper circle. And then we tend to emotionally cope with food. We don't need anything guilt provoking, right? So totally love this as, love this as well. Um, number five, discover the satisfaction factor. So this basically says to, you know how when you're eating and we're always on our phone now, like if we're eating a meal, we're scrolling social media. Don't do that. Don't, um, you don't want to be on your phone. You want to be like savoring the moment. You want to be appreciating what you're eating, taking it in, 
the taste, the smells, the everything. You want to put yourself in a good environment where you can be satisfied eating this meal. When you do this, it tend, you know, you tend to actually eat less because you're enjoying it. Whereas if you're aimlessly scrolling and your, your hand is just like deep in a bag of potato chips or you're watching a movie. And again, we're just eating all the popcorn. You will eat all the popcorn. You're not paying attention. You're not actually getting satisfied by what you're eating. So you are going to be distracted. So let's not distract ourselves, but let's actually sit and enjoy the food and enjoy the company that we're with. And we'll find satisfaction faster here. Something is like stuffing me up all of a sudden. Okay, number six, feel your fullness. So part of intuitive eating is, you know, eating when you're hungry and, and stopping when you're full. So you have to listen to the body signals that you're no longer hungry. This can be, you know, just pausing when you're eating and actually asking yourself, like, am I full? Like, I don't really feel hungry anymore. Sometimes this takes about 20 minutes to kick in. And when we're eating really quickly, like if you're a very quick eater, you notice that you can put a lot of food down in 20 minutes. Whereas if you eat slower, you get fuller faster. Okay. So maybe slow down, chew all of your food. Like, you know, what is it? 20 chews, 20 times per, per bite. You're supposed to chew it and just slow down so that you know you're full. So you're actually tuning into their body when you're eating and not just like, eating everything that's on your plate or, or at a restaurant, like you might not actually need all of that food, right? So feel your fullness. Number seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. So this is like, this is obviously emotional eating and where emotional eating comes from. So when we're feeling like anxious, lonely, sad, we want hunger, like food gives us a dopamine hit. When we eat food, we get that dopamine hit. So what we want to realize when we are intuitively eating or when we're trying to intuitively eat is that food is not going to fix the emotion that we are feeling. So if we are feeling down and sad or we just went through a breakup or we're bored or anything like that, food is going to give us that three second dopamine hit and, and the satisfaction in the moment. It's not going to actually solve the problem at hand. And you might think, well, you know, feeling better in any position is great right now. I'll take whatever I can get, but it makes you feel worse in the long run because then it's followed by that vicious circle of guilt and shame. And I shouldn't have eaten that. And now I have to go do this because I ate that. We want to avoid this a hundred percent. So if you are feeling any type of emotions that are negative, we have to find other types of coping mechanisms to deal with those, whether it's journaling, breath work, talking to a therapist, going for a walk, distracting ourselves with something else, diving into a book. We want to find something that's really going to address the issue and make us feel better long-term, not in the short-term gratification. Okay. Number eight, respect your body. What this means is, you know, love who you are, essentially. Um, respect your body, what it can do for you. Love who you are. Um, it's saying, you know, here it's hard to reject the diet mentality if you're unrealistic and overly critical of your body size or shape. Okay. I agree with this, that I think you need to first and foremost, love who you are and love who you are at any size, because even if you do, like, let's say you have this stipulation for yourself that I need to lose 10 pounds in order to be X, Y, Z, in order to be pretty, in order to be dateable, in order to be loved how I want to be loved. Like in order to be worthy, I need to be this size. And then you'll get to that size because I've seen it happen. And you still don't have those feelings because it has nothing to do with actually being that size, but more about how you feel 
within and how you feel about yourself. And so we need to work on that first, that you are whole and you are complete and you are amazing on your own at any size, at any situation. And that getting to a smaller size or a more muscular size or anything like that will not make you inherently more worthy to yourself. Okay. It's not going to be that way. So respect your body and love what it can do. And this is where I have a, a problem sometimes with the reject weight loss stuff, um, because part of intuitive eating is getting rid of the desire to want to lose weight. I don't like that. And we'll, I'll, I'll touch back on that in a minute, but let me get through the principles. Number nine, movement, feel the difference. So, so basically just getting active, shift your body to how it feels to move rather than like just focusing on the calorie burn that comes from exercise. I know a lot of people listening, you know, I, I've tried to transition everyone to becoming resistance training gym rats. I get it. But I know a lot of us love the high intensity, the running, the sweating, the calorie burn. That's not the goal. That's not the goal of exercise. If you're just going to be focused on what your smartwatch says and what your Apple watch says and completing your rings and like forcing yourself to do these activities just for the calorie burn, you're not going to love it. If anything, that's disordered exercising, right? There's disordered everything. So what we really want to like have you focus on is feeling how your body feels to move. Like, does it feel good? Do you feel more limber? Do you feel looser? You know, do you not have back pain anymore because we're moving and we're feeling stronger and that confidence that comes from feeling stronger. We want to focus and hone in on those feelings, not so much just like, what was my strain after that workout, right? And then number 10, last but not least, honor your health, gentle nutrition. So make food choices that are healthy for you, like choose foods that love you back. Nutrient density is going to be very important here because we don't want you to be deficient in any nutrients, vitamins, minerals, none of those things. Um, again, it's like the 80-20 rule. 80% could be the nutrient-dense foods and then 20% moderation. So we're not telling ourselves, no, we can't have this. We can. It's just what we do most of the time that's going to matter. Okay, so that's number 10 is honor your health, choose things that love you back. And those are the 10 principles of intuitive eating. So naturally, I love all of those. I really do. Like, I don't see a problem with any of those. The things that I don't love about people who spout intuitive eating or how intuitive eating is turned these days is even, you know, even on um, the page I'm on right now, reading the principles, it says that it's like the pursuit of intentional weight loss is a failed paradigm, which creates health problems. And I, I want people to realize that you can love yourself and you can love your body, but you can still want to improve it. You can still want to feel better in your body. You can still want to be 10 pounds lighter and it be okay. It shouldn't be shunned because you want to improve your physique or you want to get stronger or you want to feel better. You want to improve, improve your blood markers. You want to have more energy. None of those things should be demonized. Like, I think it's hypocritical because you're saying that like wanting to intentionally lose weight is creating weight stigma and creating you know, bad relationships with, with eating disorders and weight and stuff like that. And I totally see where that comes from, but on the flip side, telling someone that they, you know, if they want to lose weight, that's wrong. And that they're now like, you know, all these memes on the internet, I even did a stitch with one the other day. Um, that's fat phobic, right? Like if you want to lose weight, 
because you want to feel better, have more energy, whatever that's fat phobic. I was like, what, what did you like? What? No, it's not. It's not at all. So I think we're taking things a little too far these days. I think you can lose weight and still, you know, love yourself at the previous weight, love yourself at the new weight, want to be better as a better human being, want to lower your body fat because it's better for you in the long run for all diseases across the board. I think I've said in another podcast episode that the top 10 uh, forms of like top 10, I can't even get words out right now because I'm like, what am I thinking? Top 10 causes of death in America are preventable disease states. So why would you not want to make your body stronger and healthier and able to fight off things better and reduce your risk for diabetes and cardiovascular disease and all of that just by getting healthier? Why would you not want to do that, right? So I think we need to take that stigma away from it. We need to take that out of it, that judgment out of it. It's kind of like Planet Fitness, like we're a judgment-free zone. But then if I were to step in there with like some shorts and drop a barbell on the floor, I'd get the lunk alarm. Like- or a gallon jug. They weren't allowing gallon jugs in there. It's like, okay, you're a judgment-free zone, but you're very much judging the fit people. <laughs> like, I don't get it. So I think, again, there needs to be a balance. There needs to not be, there's not one way to do things, y'all. I think eating intuitively is amazing. I do it when I'm in maintenance, but here's my issue with intuitive eating and the people I don't think that should intuitive eat or that can't jump into intuitive eat. Cause it sounds amazing, right? Like eat whatever you want in moderation, eat when you're hungry. I'll teach you how to do these things or whatever. And I'll be honest, a lot of the intuitive eating pros I see online who are promoting intuitive eating used to track macros. They know how to eat. They know what their body needs. They know nutritional profiles of food. They have come from a tracking background and they've realized that like, Hey, tracking isn't really great for me anymore. I don't love it. Um, so I'm switching into intuitive eating and then they want to teach you how to also intuitively eat. But I think it's unfair because you've tracked. So you have a totally different understanding of food, nutrition, your body, and portion sizes, and all of that. Whereas someone who is brand new to anything does not have that knowledge. So I think, in my personal opinion, everyone should spend three to six months tracking calories and tracking food to get a better sense of how much your body actually needs what your portion sizes should actually look like, the nutritional composition of food. And I stated this in a, in a status I wrote online today um, in a caption on one of my posts that like most people, when they want to lose weight, they give up potatoes, right? Like we give up carbs and potatoes are demonized. Like potatoes are bad. They're a carb. You can't have them, but then we'll sit there and eat a banana because we think it's healthier. Right. And maybe it has some more nutrients, but potatoes have nutrients and minerals and vitamins we need too. Um, and bananas actually have more carbohydrates than potatoes do, but you wouldn't know that unless you tracked your macros. So, you know, it goes back to my peanut butter and protein thing. Like if you were just eating and not knowing nutritional compositions of food, you would reach for a big serving of peanut butter, thinking that you're getting in enough protein and you're not because protein or excuse me, because peanut butter is not an efficient source of protein. You're going to be taking in 200 calories for seven grams of protein when you could reach for a better high protein snack that's less calories. Because at the end of the day, y'all, whatever your weight loss goal is, it all still comes down to an energy balance of calories in versus calories out. Yes, that banana, or I wanna, I wanna preference, I'm not demonizing peanut butter or banana, by the way, like eat that, eat them together. It is an amazing sandwich, okay? 
It's just when you are looking for what really matters, which is protein. And when you are demonizing certain foods and not realizing that you're eating foods that might be higher in calories and higher in the thing you're trying to avoid, you just, you don't know what you don't know. So it's not fair to demonize it. So I think everyone would benefit from three to six months of tracking just to get some self-awareness and understand what things look like. Like even when you're just weighing out your food, you're like, oh, that's four ounces of protein. That's what that looks like. So then in the future, you could look at your protein source and be like, that's enough, or I need more, you know, just to make sure I'm getting in enough protein per meal. Cause that's really important, whether you're tracking or not. And I know a lot of people think that macros are disordered eating, but to be honest with you, I think disordered eating is avoiding things because you think it's going to make you fat. I think disordered eating is binging after restriction and high, high, high restriction. So disordered things can come in a lot of frames and facets. And I think tracking your intake because you're curious and you want the most efficient way to reach your goals and be healthier is just that. It's just an efficient tracking tool. It is not a diet. Macros is not a diet. It's an efficient tracking tool, just like you would efficiently track your finances. Okay. So another reason with intuitive eating, and I've talked about this on my stories, is you can't honor your hunger and you can't feel your fullness if you don't get full and you don't have hunger cues. So if you don't have hunger cues, if you're waking up in the morning and you're not hungry, we have a dysregulated metabolism. We need to work on that. We are probably metabolically adapted and our hunger hormones are shut off and we need to turn those back on. With that, sometimes like also comes, you've heard of insulin resistance is leptin resistance, which means we don't get that full feeling. We don't have enough leptin levels and leptin is the hormone that makes us feel full. We don't have that. We're desensitized to it. So it shuts off. So we don't feel full. So how are you supposed to stop eating if you don't feel full, right? So again, some of these things don't work with a lot of the metabolically metabolic issues that we see and we help clients through. It's also very easy to say that we need to be nice to our emotions and find new coping strategies, but mental and emotional work when it comes to eating is some of the most crucial and biggest things you will work on. And that is what we also do with our clients. So it's not just something you can like turn on and turn off because intuitive eating is like, I'm going to intuitively eat this whole cake because I can like, that's not what that is. <laughs> that's not, that's not how we do things. Um, so we need to get to that point, which takes a lot of practice of where maybe we can't keep Oreos in the house because we'll eat the whole thing to where we can now keep Oreos in the house and limit ourselves to two cookies and be fine with that. It takes a lot of practice. I'll be honest. I was that person. I couldn't keep snacks in my house at all or a bag of chips because I would eat the whole thing in one sitting. And so tracking macros actually allowed me and taught me how to incorporate balance into my life so I could have some and still hit my goals and be like, okay, I don't have to restrict this all the time. So now I'm not tempted to eat it all the time. So now I have chips and snacks and cookies in my house all the time and it just sits there. Amazing. Takes practice y'all, but I'm telling you the, the frame of moderation is amazing. So these are some of the things that I think we have a problem with when it comes to telling people that they can just intuitively eat because there's so many factors out there that need to be worked on first. And I think understanding a level of nutritional components is great. Um, if we're having someone who's severely under eating, it's going to be kind of hard to reverse diet them or get them up eating more if we're not tracking macros, because we're kind of going to have to keep meals very similar for weeks and then just start adding in additional foods. And that gets really boring and no one wants to do that. So having the flexibility with macros is super helpful. 
Um, I do love the um, respect your body. Like I said, the movement, all of that. So I have no issue here with the 10 principles. I totally agree with them. I just disagree that you can just start doing it out the gate. I disagree with the thought that intuitive eaters think macro tracking is disordered eating. I don't think that at all, especially because a lot of people who are now teaching intuitive eating were macro trackers. Maybe that's why they have a bad relationship with it. And that's why they're touting that. But I think macros have also been so, so, so helpful for so many as a tool. And so to put it down for others is just kind of annoying, to be honest. Um, if that works for you, great. You know, we have clients who don't track macros in our program, but I do think it is a great start, especially when it comes to even just pro tracking uh, protein. So we try it for a little bit. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I do think it is brilliant as far as getting goals sooner. <laughs> Finn's like freaking out in his bed if you just heard his little snort. Um, he wants to go out and it's like pouring rain here. So sorry, bud. Anyway, I have no idea how long this episode is or how long I was just ranting. I literally just got in the zone and went to town. So I hope you guys like learn some things from here. That is our ultimate goal is to get you into the program teach you macros, teach you nutritional profiles, get you eating more nutrient-dense foods, focusing on hunger, focusing on fullness, get it, focusing on getting your hunger back, focusing on choosing the right types of foods for you. Because if you do have PCOS or hypothyroid or insulin resistance, we can't just eat what we want when we want. We have to focus on certain foods at certain times. Okay. We really do to fix that issue. And then once that issue is fixed, then we go into more of like the maintenance mode and focusing on, on different things. And then we get you into intuitively eating. So one of our coaches, coach Lana is actually certified in moderation 365, which is a more intuitive eating approach. So she takes clients of hers, especially when we're done with macros through that mod 65, 365. She also helps the rest of us. That's what's great about having a team is do the same with our clients with the same measures that she's learned. So we are totally able to do all the things with you guys. It just depends on the time and how, how much time we have with you and what your goals are. I do want to announce that I am hosting a webinar on August 30th at 7 p.m. EST. It is called From Dream House to Fit House, a non-stereotypical Barbie-inspired fat, Barbie -inspired fat loss plan. And we are diving deep in here with the Barbie theme because I love it for this purpose. A, it's for my ladies. And B, tell me how many stereotypical fat loss methods there are. There are so many. The stereotypical cut carbs, starve yourself, calorie restriction, hours of cardio, you name it. There's so many stereotypical things. And yet it's the non-stereotypical that actually works. So that's what we're going to be diving into is the non-stereotypical fat loss strategies that actually work, things that actually move the needle. And we're going to get into some metabolism and hormones and we're going to get into all the things. So I can't wait. It is absolutely free. 7 p.m. EST on August 30th. Join me. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It will be recorded if you cannot make it live, but I really, really urge you guys to make it live because we're going to be doing some good stuff on the live call that only the live attendees will get. The Q&A especially is so great at the end because you literally get one-on-one -on -one time with me, which is unheard of. And that part will not be recorded. So I will not be recording the Q&A, which we have done in the past. So the only way to get questions answered and hear questions is to attend live. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts. If you listen, please screenshot and tag me on Instagram as always at dr.dwire. And I can't wait to have more guests on here and chat with you guys soon. Bye. Thank you.
Okay.